Awesome. Are we on? Are we live? Yeah. Live and direct. Direct from West Virginia and Santa Monica, California. <laughs> Morgantown, West Virginia? Yes. Yeah. So, okay, we're going to we're going to do this. We're going to talk about American Horror Story Murder House and then our following episode is going to be Kevin because Apocalypse is on and it promises to be a crossover. We mm-hmm. also know that Apocalypse has elements of the other shows. So when we talk about Apocalypse eventually, I know that we will probably talk about a little bit of Roanoke, a little bit of Cult, a little bit of Freak Show, a little bit of la, 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 la. So um, I don't know if it's a pure crossover. I'm just, you know, it's all about them witches for me. Right? Same. <laughs> so here's my question yeah. to both of you guys about Murder House. Mm-hmm. What did you guys know anything about Ryan Murphy before this started? I mean, I watched a little bit of Glee, but I don't think I made the connection. So, what was your setup for watching Murder House? Well, I I knew of of Ryan Murphy before, but just because of the other things we've seen from him, like the OJ um, Versace. Yeah, because you're seeing feud. it way later. Yeah, you're not seeing yeah, it the first I, year was that I saw. The I first did not year see out. it when it first came out. Okay. In fact, I didn't see any of them until. Just recently, 15 minutes. 15 minutes ago. Gotcha. What about you, Andre? Yeah, um, I started watching American Horror Story um, pretty early. I think the show was in the middle of airing its second season. Um, so I didn't really know who Ryan Murphy was. Uh, for the longest time, I didn't even know he um, was responsible for Glee. Oh. Um, but yeah, uh, American Horror Story was, was sort of my, my first experience with like Netflix and binging and all of that stuff because I wasn't really into that sort of thing at that point. And then I found the show on Netflix and I remember seeing it and knowing that people were talking about it because it was in the middle of airing Asylum. So I thought, okay, let me watch and let me get into it. And I think I watched Murder House in the span of like two days. Like it was that intense. Right. And you, you're, and you were like, "What? This is awesome!" Like, obviously, you liked it. It's awesome. It's weird. It wasn't exactly scary, but it was really creepy. It was just, it was so different from all the things that I've been used to. And even today, the the show still manages to shock me and millions of people around the world. Um, it's just really. And I was watching an interview with Evan Peters, and he was going through his like career and he got to american horror and he's like yeah when we were filming murder house we had no idea what the show was going to become like we didn't know what kind of reaction it would get and thankfully it was a good one despite all the heavy weird stuff the show decides to tackle on and it's it's a little bit like the title is a little bit of of a misnomer because you're expecting american horror story okay it's a horror tv show when really it's it's at best it's creepy yeah it doesn't really get scary but it's the title is more about the horrors of like american society and showing you all of that so i thought that was interesting i kind of i knew of murphy and i didn't realize this was murphy I knew mm-hmm. I had watched Nip Tuck and thought that show was kind of campy. At least I was reading it campy. I knew the showrunner had to have been a gay man just because of the way the <laughs> show read. And that Glee also felt like, I'm like, oh, it's definitely a gay showrunner. Um, and I loved Glee. 
And then I didn't love Glee. Like I loved the first two seasons of Glee, and then I was like, I'm done now. I can't stop. <laughs> I can stop. Maybe I watched it longer than that, but I feel like along around. But Nip Tuck and that kind of like he had an mo almost. It's like, and then I was like, oh okay, so I'll watch what he's doing here. And it was so trippy and so hilarious and so like John Waters on TV. Mm-hmm. And having come up with Waters, I was like, you know, if if they toned Waters way down, like Waters is almost like, you know, it's like Ryan Murphy had a baby with David Lynch. It's way extra. So sure. they made this kind of like consumable for straight people, you know, so it mm-hmm. wouldn't scare the shit out of straight people. And then it had something built in for the community there. Um, that I appreciated. So I love that it's this high camp thing that you can come to from all kinds of different places. And I thought, this is really over the top. It did get a little bit too intense toward the end and a little bit, I thought, extra maudlin to get to its punchline. There was like those, there was good stuff in those last several episodes, but I just kept thinking, oh my God, just get to it. Sure. You're all going to fucking die in the house and be ghosts in the house. We get it. <laughs> we get it. We know that the if the last couple didn't get out alive, you know. And I'm still not convinced. Is the dog a ghost? <laughs> you know, I thought the dog was a ghost. I think it is. Because it's living with the realtor. Does she know she has a ghost dog? <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Well, I mean, if it was a, if it was a ghost dog, the ghost dog couldn't leave. Yeah. So maybe not. I think so too. That's, that's, what, yeah. that's the only, I mean, that's my huge takeaway after all of that. I was like, <laughs> literally the realtor has the dog didn't kill like that. Hayden was just playing a joke with tomatoes and didn't actually kill the dog. And I was like, again, because I give more shit about animals and people. I was like, as long as the dog is like completely cool, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else can just die and rot. They didn't John wick the dog. I think when I saw, when we see Violet's body all like, you know, mouth open, covered in flies, I was like, it felt a little out of step t- really? toward the end. Yeah, I don't know why. It wasn't gruesome. I mean, the show is gruesome, but there was just something about how sad, the sadness around Violet's death that just started getting on my nerves because hmm. I liked Violet so much, and then all of a sudden they made her like I don't know. I just didn't like the, that little hair, that little turn, and the end. And I did not care for at all the death of Nan. I did not think it was necessary for us to kill Nan. I that agree. Way. I just was like, what was? There must have been a scheduling thing, or they wanted to be shocking. So those two things kind of stood out to me as like, I'm having a good time. I'm loving all these Frances Conroy and her crazy eye. And I'm loving Jessica Lange, who smokes in all of these shows. I love her so much. And just getting to like enjoy these characters for what they were this watching with Ian. But those two things stood out to me as they did the first time around. Those Mm -hmm. were kind of like, meh, don't care for it. What about you? Yeah, well, I, I will say um, I might have to disagree with you on the Violet thing because I remember when that sort of twist happened, I think that's what sort of um, made me decide that I wanted wanted to stick with it because I knew that the show was an anthology so that season two was supposed to be a completely different story. And I wasn't um, too happy about it at the time because I was really in to the murder house story plot that I was like, well, what can they possibly do after this? Little did I know. Right. Um, but when that twist happened, I was like, 
okay, I feel I trust the show now. And it's got me on the edge of my seat. And that's what I'm watching it for. Um, but in terms of like the Nan thing, I completely agree. I don't. And Jamie Brewer is fantastic as Nan. And her character in Coven also dies for really no apparent reason. I'm not sure why they decided to do that. The only thing I could reason with with the murder house plot is that Constance's like all of her children have like died basically so it was almost inevitable for nan to die as well that's the only thing i could think of to sort of justify it yeah i mean i i can totally look i I totally get the angle on violet i don't think it was a mistake i'm not saying i just for for some reason and I i don't even know if i can pinpoint what it is the whole violet thing are there toward the end i the things felt overwhelmingly maudlin you know, and then we had the levity of them scaring the next people out of the house. That kind of saved it for me and made me go, okay. Um, so were were you afraid that the show was getting too serious, too DCS? Yeah, I, I thought you know because with camp, with campiness and horror camp, I just didn't want it to like veer off into like something that you can't turn around quickly from. Sure. And the the Violet thing, I mean, even the whole stuff around Tate's character um, was almost, I mean, well, now we have hindsight, but even, I mean, this is after a lot of school shootings, and I was like, mm-hmm. it was, it made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. So, and then teen suicide, just a lot of, just just a lot of stuff going on in the world, and I don't want to be one of those people who's like, let's not talk about it. Um, and I'm not saying the show is like doing some shitty 13 reasons why take on it. I'm just saying I was already in a realm of being uncomfortable about these two characters, uh, his violent nature. Um, and ultimately she rejects, um, Tate. Ultimately she separates from him, Mm -hmm. even though she's stuck in the space with him. But there was just something about it that was starting to, to, you know how like you get really annoyed about how, like, why do we have to hammer like, all these storylines into this current regime. I remember feeling this at the time of like, okay, I get that we're acknowledging 2011, 2010 stuff that's happening, but I don't know. It kind of jarred me out of watching it. And then the second time around, it just made me uncomfortable. So it's probably around my own personal where I sit with those topics. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to say nobody else feels this way. I'm not trying to say, oh, look at me. I'm like, I have more feelings. I'm just saying, I think I was just too distracted by those things. But over storyline wise, it it makes perfect sense. Sure. Yeah. I think for her, these people are, I mean, I I rewatched murder house very recently. I'm on a sort of American horror story rewatch. Um, currently in the middle of rewatching freak show. Um, but I, I agree. I'm a bit surprised there were no trigger warnings with the whole teen suicide and the self-harm and the school shootings and whatnot. Uh, maybe Netflix should start thinking about that. But, I mean, yeah, like, the the first season did come out 2010, 2011. So this was... Uh, it was before Sandy Hook, which really sort of, like, kick-started, re-kick-started this whole conversation about school shootings. Yeah. Um, yeah. They were definitely happening back then, but definitely not at the rate that it's happening today. It was at a pause. I'm not saying again, yeah. obviously, well, after Columbine and blah, blah, blah. Right. But yeah. So probably and this now, like if you look at things in context, like what were we watching today? Like not at the museum 
and there was a couple of jokes. We watched the whole franchise. Ian had never seen them, and I was like, oh, let's let's do a Rami Malek film festival, even though he's <laughs> you know, in those things for like less than 10 seconds in all of them. But like we were watching them, and there's just a couple of things where I'm like, oh, they probably wouldn't do that right now. They probably wouldn't make that joke. They probably wouldn't do yeah, this thing. Yeah. So, because times have changed very rapidly in this last, what, four, five, six years, less, really. Yeah. The last couple of years, things have just like done a 180. So maybe that's where I was. I was just like, nope, oh, dang. Yeah, it was, it was, the the whole like school shooting, shooting sequence was very hard to watch. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, it didn't, it didn't come off as a, as the show being like, you know, we're taking risks and we want you to be uncomfortable so we can talk about this, like 13 Reasons Why. Like, it didn't feel like that. It was just like, this is a shitty person who's doing shitty things and he's going to be punished for it. And that's that's what the show does. And like Tate, I like the character. Obviously, I don't empathize or sympathize with him. I don't think he's redeemable, but I like the character and the way he's sort of playing the story is sort of playing him off as this nice romantic guy that had this thing happen to him when in all reality, he's a, he's completely insane and a terrible right. person. Right. And it, it's really, it really is. The show really is about tapping into the dark side of people. I think, um, yeah. even Constance who comes off as this at first, a very friendly, casually racist neighbor, and now as this show goes on it's she's sort of being stripped away about what she did with Bo and how she reacted when nan died and all of that stuff what she did with the cupcakes with violet you know um so yeah 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 i mean i I mean obviously you know i like evan peters as an actor i you know i'm I feel kind of the same way you do about Tate. You know, he's like, he's charming in his way and he's not taking any responsibility for the fact that he's a fucking insane monster. And he's kind of got, he's sort of our weeping character that we get in Sarah Paulson in Hotel, you know. Yeah. This, um, you know, some sort of amnesia about who they are and then, you know, it comes screaming to their face. I, yeah, I don't think the show is trying to traipse away from things and going, look at us being all risky. Uh, they built a lot into this first season. And as I was watching it again, I was taking it all in. I said, yeah, y'all did a lot of stuff. Y'all mm-hmm. went to a lot of different directions and and just wasn't afraid to just be high camp and creepy and gory and pay in, play into some old, like, forgotten tropes. I mean, again, Ryan Murphy is a child of this, you know, kind of 50s, 60s horror era. You know, he grew up in this world and... In Indiana, like I can just see this young boy that uh, is Ryan Murphy taking, just kind of putting a lot of stuff on screen that I understand because he's born only a year after me. So I totally responded to a lot of the stuff that he was doing. And now he gave this kind of update to a couple of genres and did it on a TV serial. And then to this bold thing of like, okay, I'm bringing the cast back next year. Not the same story at all. Yeah. Not, you know, totally different location. Everybody's somebody else. And I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's maybe happened, but I don't remember that happening in recent history. Mm-hmm. So I really, really loved that about it. I love that Ryan just came along. Ryan Murphy came along and just went, you know what? I'm going to do High School Musical every week. We're like, what? <laughs> and then he's like, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to put some stuff on screen that maybe you guys haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And he was at a part of it. He was at a time in his career when it was like, you should or get off the pot. You know, about by then, he had had a couple of successes, but 
he wasn't known as Mr. Murphy the way he is now. Mm-hmm. Glee was successful, no shit. But like this whole this whole risk taking, I just respected that about it. So whatever little criticisms I can pull up about that, I mean, he literally knocks us out of the park. And this cast that he assembles, I mean, I hadn't seen Jessica Lange for a long minute, and I didn't know where she was. Mm. And all of a sudden, he brings Miss Lange back to the screen, and I'm like, okay, I'm just in for Jessica Lange. I'm just here for her. Yeah. And then, you know, Connie Britton, I love her. And everybody else I didn't really, you know, think about or know. I mean, I knew Dennis O'Hare, but... I was like, okay, you know, I like him and whatever. But like when he was like, he had, he had me at Jessica Lange. Yeah. And Miss Connie. And then he had his comes, he comes to the screen with this just wonderful storytelling. And I, I really adored it. I really adored what he did with what he's done with the franchise in general. And it's a very strong start to the whole thing. Yeah. I, I, I want to touch on sort of like the acting troupe and the campiness for a second, but I did want to truthfully say that when they sort of started marketing Apocalypse as the Murder House and Coven crossover, I was a little apprehensive um, because for a while it felt like the show was sort of running out of ideas and that it needed mm-hmm. to bring in this these arguably two of the best seasons that they've done ever. Um, but then I was also extremely worried about how the show expects me to sympathize with a character like Tate in 2018. Right. Um, and so far there's no indication that Tate is coming back. Although the sixth episode of apocalypse is apparently titled return to murder house. And that's going to be Jessica Lange's cameo. So we may see him, but hopefully I don't know. I'm not excited about the prospect that we might see him again. Um, it's funny. I do see a little bit of elements of Tate in Mr. Gallant. So <laughs> I don't know. There's kind of like, and also uh, not only do I see like hints of Tate, tiny hints. I also see ten, uh, uh, hints of who's the fancy boy from Dandy freak show. Yeah. I yeah. see a little Dandy in Mr. Gallant. Gallant. So. Yes. Um, so you said there's six episodes out? No, the sixth episode of the season will. Oh, will there's sh- only two out now, right? right of Apocalypse. Yeah. Okay, all right. I'm yeah, the Maha. <laughs> Um, awesome. But yeah, so what, I want to clarify. So when you say like you love the campiness, you mean like sort of the over top, over the top, yes, ridiculous, but somehow plausible, right? Storytelling. This whole plot is just ridiculous. That just you know, just the whole. The whole premise of this show is ridiculous. <laughs> and you have to buy the ticket to take the ride. And it's camp in that... Well, I say that. It, it stops itself just at the door of being camp. The show totally gets campy in, like, parts of Freak Show, Hotel with Miss Gaga. You know, it can go camp, but it does hold itself back. This is the, then this is the pure genius of Murphy. He sets something up that otherwise in somebody else's hands in another writer's room wouldn't work. And him and Mynir and others, Tim Mynir and those guys, they somehow just managed to just deliver a story that's engaging, Mm -hmm. believable in its world, but there is an element of camp. I think it's just in the setting up of the story, you know, like couple goes to a house where there's multiple murders and they just, you know, they live through it. Like, I would say there's moments of camp, like when Zachary Quinto's character gets into, like, a fight with, 
you know, Vivian over her Halloween decorations. Yeah. <laughs> you know, shit like that that's just catty and campy. Mm-hmm. And the show's not afraid to, like, run over there into those those lines. I mean, even but even it, the, yeah. the leather the leather man, like the rubber guy. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like in any other top. context, it'd be, like, stupid and comedic, but they manage... And he gets away with it. They, yeah, yeah, they get away with it. They manage to make him scary and suspicious, and you want to know more about him, you know? And it's just like just the camp, the campiness of like, oh, Tate, you know, has sex with Vivian. It's like he's the date daddy's father. Dun dun dun. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous that it's just it's kind of awesome. It's so ridiculous it works. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and that's kind of like that's the the bravado of Murphy in this in this writer's room, and then obviously Brad Falchuk who brings a lot more to this. I mean, I think between those guys, it would be like Wynier and um, Brad Falchuk and Ryan Murphy. Those guys just, they tend to like attract writers who will just sit around and go, okay. I think some, I think where it doesn't work, and I know we're not reviewing that, I think where sometimes it didn't work for me, um, using the Violet thing as an example, is when we go into cult, where we're doing something that is so shrill and so, so, I can't even hardly watch it. I was rewatching cult the other day, and I was like, eh. Maybe this will this will be watchable for me like six years from now, just because it's so yeah. shrill on either side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted that to be more campy than it was, but I think that's too soon for people to be like making jokes about with that because we're in the middle of it. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> so yeah, we I could... just found it to be you know, and also what I, I mean, boldly I love what Murphy does. He does take positions even when he's in the middle of something where he's like he's calling out the left as well, and he's like. You know, you pantsuit bitches, you know, got your problems as well. So I like some things about that that were brave. But, yeah, there's just times when the camp works and there's times when I feel like they get out of sync with themselves. Sure. But I think it it is an undeniable reason why people flock to the show every season. And I think that and the whole idea and concept of using sort of the same ensemble of actors with, with some replacements here and there. Um, yeah. cause now that like we're watching apocalypse and we're like, Oh, like how many characters is Sarah Paulson going to play or how many, <laughs> or like who, like how is Evan Peters going to figure into this? Like we're looking to see who Jessica Lange is playing this season, who, you know, Dennis O'Hara is playing this season, Francis Conroy, all of these people. And yeah, I'm just here for, um, Kathy Bates to pass. I'm surprised she wasn't in season one of this, but I'm, I'm here for whatever Kathy, Kathy Bates, Bates man is I feel like she doesn't get enough credit, to be perfectly honest. Um, she played a fucking head in Coven. We'll get to that. I want to talk about the great <laughs> Kathy Bates when we get to Coven. But anyway. Yeah. I mean, again, and you want to talk about like camp. Again, we're not going to do a, a podcast on this as as a standalone. But like the the where it does work for me is like Roanoke. Roanoke is so ridiculous. It's like a reality show inside the show. Yeah. And then you're like everybody spoiler alert, everybody fucking dies. And I was just eating my popcorn, screaming with glee at the TV. This is a wonderful thing about American horror story is you don't ever get mad at the show. You know, you kinda know what you're here for. So you don't necessarily be like you know, I showed up for a dissertation on mankind and existentialism in the modern world. You're not showing up for that. You're showing up to see some good-ass actors do some characters, and you're familiar with everybody, and we're going to move some players around the board, mm. and we're going to talk about some serious stuff, and it's going to get creepy, and it's going to be funny, and it's going to be 
all of this kind of stuff. I don't ever get mad at the show, and I don't feel like the fans get mad at the show. Well, do they? <laughs> um, oh, here's Lisa being wrong almost immediately. No, <laughs> awkward silence. No, I mean, uh, if I'm if I'm being perfectly honest, I'm not going to say I got mad at it, but I was definitely disappointed, frustrated with the whole Roanoke thing. Um, oh, were you? I I did not like the season at all. I thought it was just the dumbest, most awesome, crazy <laughs> fucking shit, and I loved it. Because I, I was just like, I was like, okay, I'll strap myself I, in. It's just murder house in a different location. I didn't, I feel like I need I need to rewatch it. It's just sort, of, sort of the same thing with Colt. I feel like the reason that I didn't like Roanoke and Colt too much was that it felt like it was going on forever. Yeah. And I feel like maybe if I watch it in a more consolidated amount of time, I might have a different opinion. But with yeah. Roanoke, it, for me, it was like, too many things are different and not a lot of it is working for me. Um, no, but they did scatter. They did scatter that thing into the wind. Like so many teeth from settlers. Yeah. Yeah. I, that one just gets, they opened up a lot of doors and didn't did, just barely had enough time to close them all. So yeah, I don't, I, that's the closest I've, I've been to being like angry at the show. I mean, I, I don't know what apocalypse is going to hold. I'm liking it so far. Um, but yeah, I'm sure people have gotten, unreasonably angry at certain things but well that's true people get unreasonably angry at you know kitten videos on youtube but <laughs> i'm talking about the average i feel like the average american horror story fan is like whatever i'll allow it you know okay or maybe i didn't like that season but i'm still gonna come back for the next season like nobody's doing a walking dead thing of like oh my god i stopped watching after they killed so-and-so or i stopped watching after la 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 or like and people actually go away because the numbers have gone from 10 million to now like we're at half of that so yeah i don't think this show kind of has the same reaction it's like okay well i was they're just gonna i i was angry when they did kill queenie in hotel though i thought that was so unbelievably unnecessary I did not really feel that one either. And again, you know, I'm not a fan of Lady Gaga. I mean, I'm the only one on the planet, and I know that. No. I mean, listen, I know people die on this show. I mean, like, I know it's a staple of the show. I just felt like Queenie's death was just, like, completely unnecessary. Yeah. So, but See, that, that's know. the kind of stuff that this show has done from the get, though. Like, in rewatching American Horror Story, like, the, the first one, Murder House, I was like, oh, y'all been doing this shit from the beginning. I'm remembering now. Yeah. Y'all killed Nan. Y'all did some other crazy, scritchy shit. Yeah, but, all right. But Murder House was was definitely the most I think experimental of them all. Because um, I remember when I started rewatching it, and the camera was doing these weird like zoom ins and Dutch angles, every, like left and right. I'm like, this is very. I don't. I don't remember this at all. Yeah, and I feel like this is Mr. Murphy's kind of. He grew up with me. You know, we grew up with. Dark Shadows, I can see that in there. He grew up with um, those day, those Friday Night Horror films with them Dutch angles. That's as scary as you could get. Like, nobody had any money for CGI. You just tilted the camera. That didn't cost you nothing, you know? Yeah. It's just like, and you would zoom in on somebody's face to be like, mm-hmm. you know, like, he, he, he was doing it old school. I'm sure he had some money for the pilot, but I was kind of loving that. I felt like he was restricted. You know, it was it's an experimental thing. I bet, yeah. I, fe- I feel a lot of like our. I felt like he. We watched the same show as coming up, same you know soap operas and whatnot. And I was like, that's what it kind of got me was his style. Mm-hmm. Um, the style and the look of the show really pulled me in. 
So, and it's still kind of there. Like they they Dutch angled the shit out of Coven. Oh yeah, yeah. no, they're still doing that. But yeah. I just remember like the weird like double zoom ins that they that they did on people's yeah. faces. Like they don't really do that now. But when when I was rewatching it, I was like, ooh, ooh. it's very disconcerting. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of people might have complained there was a too much of it, but yeah, I mean that kind of shit just would happen in your show when I was coming up, you know, seventies, eighties. You're like, what's happening? Okay, right. But also, if you're watching week to week, you're not going to remember it. So, right, yeah. right. That's true. You're not going to get your neck cricked. If you binge watch that shit, you're going to get whiplash. <laughs> um, I liked it. I mean, I, again, this cast was fun. I I don't think I I think it was my introduction to Evan Peters. I had not seen him in anything else before. Same, yeah. Um, was my introduction uh, introduction to Isa Farmiga. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize is she like the she's the sister of Vera, right? Yep. Um, Kate Mara I knew from House of Cards, and I was like, y'all got y'all got Kate Mara to do this, and then like Francis Conroy, I was like, okay, hold up, <laughs> y'all got Francis Conroy to be in your stuff. Wow. And we had just, I think, um, I was remembering Alexandra Breckenridge was still doing like her kind of horror trip stuff. This is before we saw her as Rick's girlfriend for five minutes in Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, she's, I think, you know, doing nicer, sweeter stuff now that she's a mom. And again, this is probably the best use of Lily Rabe uh, that I've oh, ever seen. Yes. Totally. This is. She's been such an underrated actor her entire career, and no one's known what to do with her. And I feel like Ryan Murphy gets her and has allowed her to shine in, in all of the series that she's been in. I totally she's agree. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I still think to this day that Asylum is like her standout performance. Like, Right. And that's why I want to get Ian to, to um, go forward and, and finish Asylum because just really Lily Rabe alone, she's just, she's funny. Mm-hmm. In Asylum. She just kind of does all kinds of uh, colors in here. Yeah. And, of course, the uh, uh, the great Adina Porter, um, if you were a True mm. Blood fan, she got done wrong on True Blood. Um, they gave her, like, this kind of cowering character to play, this drunken mom who... She went between being a meth head drunk to being, you know, a Bible thumper on True Blood. So I feel like we got to see... We've gotten to see Adina Porter's range through all these series. So I'm just, I'm so here for the fact that, that, that she's involved. Yeah. I love her so much. Ian, do you want to talk about why murder house didn't sit with you? Well, no, i see. This is the thing is like, I liked it. You I did. mean, there was, there was, I miss her. I've only apparently. seen, I've only seen murder house and coven and I liked coven more. I just thought the character, I liked, I liked the story more, but I liked murder house. I, I thought the, um, the only thing I, I, I that I was was that got me was like I as far as like the story goes is that like the high school kids I just didn't understand how you know I, I thought you had to be in the house to be Oh uh, that was to, that was the Halloween episode like the kids from the school that Tate shot up So that whole and they don't they don't ever come back in any other episode it's just that one Halloween yeah, night. Yeah. So yeah, apparently the, the the mythology of the world is that on Halloween night, that's the only night that the the ghosts can sort of roam outside of the house okay. that they're trapped in. Yeah. Because I I thought that they had come back in another episode to 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 cause because they were chasing. Well, they did come back outside yeah, and that's, the house. They did. Then that's the thing. It's like, and then I don't understand. So why can't they leave the house then when there's other people? Well, you know, it they, just that didn't they make never sense came to into me. Into the house, they didn't breach the door. 
they did step onto the property. So yeah, that was kind of a rule where I'm like, what's our rule for this? That, that's the that's the only mm-hmm. thing that bugged me about the episode was that rule. I didn't I didn't understand. I thought he was breaking his own rule there. Yeah. But I love the story. I love the little twist with Violet and and I like. Oh my god, she's dead when she kept running around. You were fine with that. I was I was cool with it. Yeah. yeah. So I liked I liked the story. I just liked Coven a little better because it was. I mean, like Kathy Bates. Just, yeah. She was just great. I just liked the It was just more enjoyable better. for you. Yeah. Yeah. I but I had nothing, you know, there was nothing wrong with Murder House. So. Cool. You're like, I think I misheard you. I just, yeah. I, I, we started Asylum and then I'm like, oh, is this just going to be a torture thing? Then I was like, I don't, I, I didn't, I got, I didn't get through the first two episodes. Ooh, but you got to get through it. If you're saying it's, it's you good, get I should, it. I should keep to, going. Yeah, he didn't want to see pa- Sarah Paulson like in hell. In, stuck in the asylum, you know, episode after episode. Yeah, and I was like, it gets better. It gets better. So just so I'll get I'll, it. I'll watch that. I'll definitely watch that. And then I want to see Freak Show. I started that one. I want to finish that one. That one was good. I, I was into all the characters there. I love Elsa Mars. So I mean, this is I think this is like another side of Ryan Murphy that I'm really enjoying because mm-hmm. I really liked all his other stuff. Yeah. You know, the non-American horror story. We love Pose and uh, yeah. Assassination of Johnny Versace. And we loved uh, OJ. I've got nah. to see the Versace one. I really want to see it. It's really good. And in fact, because we're watching Apocalypse, I was like, oh, snaps. Uh, the actor who plays one of uh, Anthony uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah victims is the main dude. I'm perceiving that character as a witch. The guy who comes to like... Check everybody and give them a test. Ooh, dude, oh, Cody Fern. Yeah, yeah, he's in Johnny Versace. Okay, he's awesome. listen, oh my I God. I don't know, I don't know about you, but I think he's killing it right now in Apocalypse. He's killing it. Like the it. moment he came in, he like immediately yeah. captured me. What a he great role! He just grabbed role. that screen. He just snatched it away from Sarah Paulson. Almost got it away from Kathy Bates. It's like I'm her, and I'm like, oh shit, she is like grabbing screens from everybody. He's killing snatch it. Snatch the fashion, so the see. line delivery. Yeah. Oh, just, just everything. With, just, just with face. Like, doesn't even have to. Like, the there's no face. Hands. Yeah. Just shoulders up. He's just like bam. So you have to watch um, Johnny Versace. I really, I really want to. He's adorbs in it. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, I know Dar- Darren Chris got an Emmy for it, and I love Darren Chris. So now, yeah, now yeah, Darren Chris is just love him, love him. He was probably one of the reasons that I hung around for Glee mm-hmm. and I stayed right through Jonathan Groff and then Jonathan Groff and his sweater left Glee and then I was done. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, I'm done. I'm <laughs> done with all of you. After they sang hello, their duet. See, I want to see, I, I want to see, um, I want to see Jonathan Groff you on see Glee. You want to see Hunter be like super yeah, gay? Yeah. yeah. But I don't want to, I don't want to have to sit because we watched the first, what, two seasons of it. Yeah. And it was fine. And then it just started to get like, uh, yeah, tedious. Mm. And then I dropped out, and I didn't get to see Jonathan I'll just, Groff. I'll just show I want to see the Jonathan Groff episode. He's like the big threat from the other school. He wins all the trophies, and like Leah Michelle is like, "Who is he? Is he prettier than me?" <laughs> and then they end up like becoming like 
lovers, like we all believe that at all. Anyway, the show is <laughs> huge leaps. And they come in and, like, he's the singer and she's the singer. And they get together and they sing, hello. That's really it. I mean, that's it. There's, like, four songs that they sing. And they can't be together for some tragic bullshit thing. Probably because Leah Michelle is a stone bitch or whatever. And so he leaves her and goes off and makes Mindhunter and catches criminals. What else do you need to know? Go plays King George. Mm-hmm. You say. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's all you need to know. I can show you all that shit on YouTube. You don't need to suffer through all that stuff. Glee fans, I'm so sorry if you <laughs> love the show. I'm not trying to hate on what you love. I swear to God. I'm not trying to. I know that I am. But I just my, it made my eye mess up after a while. Um, but I love Mr. Murphy. I liked Murder House because I had, in a sea, and remember this is 2011. There was a lot of things going on for me personally. And there was a lot of change in the air. Um. And I think we were at this time in the country where, I don't know, there was a lot of same, same uh, out there, a lot of same stuff. And I like that Murphy came along and just sort of shook things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated him breaking ground with American Horror Story. I just appreciated the fact that it existed. Yeah. And as imperfect as any show can be, human beings make them. I just appreciated the fact that it existed, you know, that we have this as one of our choices of things to entertain us. And that every season, even though, you know, you might not like Roanoke, even though I just I love how it ends. It's just it is just a 50 car pile up <laughs> on which highway. It is my favorite when they come for the crew and they just murder their crew. I was like, yes, this is hilarious. <laughs> everybody fucking dies. Crane operator. Everybody dead. Uh, you know, dead in the control room. I was like, I, I love it. It's just like, it's just like, the, it's like a cat going along. It's just knocking off the shit off a table. It's like that and that and that and her and this. And I, it just, I don't know. There's something very um, cathartic about watching an American Horror Story uh, season. Some, you, you, things get worked out of you. I don't know what it is. It's like therapeutic for me. So... Mm-hmm. That's why I watch it. It's like, it's my crack. It's like my grandmother used to watch her stories. She watched her general hospital and shit like that. And she'd sit there in the afternoon and eat her sugar biscuits and watch her general uh, hospital and get her diabetes. <laughs> That's what this show is for me. It's, it's, it's my stories. When my stories are on, I'm like, I don't care where it goes. We're, we're going to work it out, <laughs> you know. So, I, this, I don't have much more to say about uh, murder, uh, murder House. I just, I liked it. I'm still wondering about the dog, though. <laughs> Just saying. Don't know. Don't know. You have any other thoughts, Andre? No, no. I mean, I'm I'm like you. I like the season. It probably ranks like number three in my my list of which seasons I like from best to worst. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. What is the, what's the number one? Uh, well, <laughs> it's always rotating between Asylum and Coven, and I'll okay. I'll talk about it next. Next episode, right when we yeah. get to Coven, yeah, okay, cool. I was gonna wrap it up on that. Um, I did not, if anybody listened to the last episode, um, at all talk about social media, you know why? Because we didn't have Andre. <laughs> um, we were talking about Castle Rock, and I think you gave up on it. We did that, so uh, talk about our social media. How can people uh, find us and reach out to us, Andre? You're sure. so good at this, and I suck at it. Yeah, <laughs> so if you guys want to get into contact with us, whether it be you want to comment on uh, our episodes, what we talked about, or you want what you want us to talk about in the future, um, you can reach us through our social media Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, um, and Ashland Podcast. If 
uh, you want to contact us um, with more lengthier thoughts, you can email us at ashlandpockets at gmail.com. And to listen to us, you can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn, and our website. Awesome. And I just have to say that Betty Buckley liked my comment to her post on Instagram. And every time I get love from Betty Buckley, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> I love her so much. Thank you for the love I'm on our Instagram. So, it's It's been great. Oh, my God. I just, she and I are going to, one day, I'm going to have Betty in this house. When I have her on this podcast, <laughs> it's going to be really embarrassing because I'm just going to gush all over her and like not say anything. Now I'll be prepared. I'll be professional. Keep it tucked in. <laughs> I would love to sit down with that legend and just go tell us 15 stories and go. And I wouldn't breathe a word. <laughs> um, you guys take care of yourself. We will be talking to you very soon with our next episode. That'll be American Horror Story Coven. And please remember, I love you. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>